Welcome to Appalachian Monsters and Mysteries. I'm Molly. I'm Belle. And today we're going to be talking about the Natural History Museum Jewel Heist. I think I do that every single episode. This one I'm genuinely excited for. Yeah, I am too. I'm very excited. I love thieving. (laughs) That's an interesting thing to love. High-scale thieving. Like, I was a big Ocean's Eleven person. Yes. Yes, me too. I own all those movies. I I also love them. So I was super pumped to do this episode. On the night of October 29th, 1964, two people climbed up the wall of the American Museum of Natural History in New York City. They proceeded to climb up five more stories onto a ledge of the building. They carefully moved across the ledge when they startled some birds, causing them to take flight and almost making one of the perpetrators fall to perhaps his death. Well. That's but he didn't. Kick this all off. So it's okay. <laughs> Once inside, the two found their way to the office of an anthropologist named Colin Turnbull. The office was right above Tiffany Morgan Collection of Gems. Mm-hmm. They lowered themselves down on a 15-foot rope. They then entered the room containing the gems through a window that was partially open. They were unaware that the glass containing the jewels was double-paned and they were unable to break through it with a rubber hammer that they had brought. They then resorted to using a glass cutter and tape to take all of the jewels from the cases. They were ready to make their getaway when they got to the 563-carat Star of India. Wait, they didn't have a real hammer, but they had a glass cutter? Yes. Okay. (laughs) I just... Okay. Well... You know, yeah. it's mean, going well so far. Yeah, and so. you have to have the glass cutter to get into these little. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess you could use a hammer too, but glass cutter is going to be way quiet. Yeah. I assume. I don't. I really don't know, know how wild glass cutters. Are. I really don't either. But that's probably why though is they didn't yeah, want it to be like too a loud. Noise. It's a noise thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So does the rubber hammer then? Yes, exactly. So they were. Uh, ready to make their getaway when they got to the 563-carat Star of India that they knew had an alarm. Yet, the sound never came due to dead batteries. (gasps) Man, these are lucky criminals. I know, right? After they swept the collection that included 22 items, they escaped back into the night and met with their partner, who was the lookout and getaway driver. None of these other jewels had alarms? No. And if they did, as far as I know, if they did have alarms, the batteries were corroded and did not work. And this is the New York National History Museum, right? Yes. And none of these, like, priceless jewels had alarms. No. I... Okay, I wasn't going to include this. was a different time, I guess, or whenever you said this was. Yeah, I wasn't going to include this, but this seems like a prime opportunity (laughs) for me to say um, a quote from one of the thieves that says, quote, they probably thought, why do we need alarms? These jewels have been laying here for 70 years and no one's ever tried to steal Mm -hmm. them. That was was literally a quote from one of the criminals. That's amazing. Yeah, I thought so too. Uh, Once the two were out of the building, they began walking toward the vehicle when a small group of police officers began walking toward them. With a large rope and a bag full of priceless jewels in hand, one of the criminals casually spoke to the officers and continued on to the vehicle that awaited them. Listen, okay, this only just furthers my, my thoughts 
that the 60s and the 70s were prime time to live because you could get away with just about anything. Yeah, you could. You really like, could. There were so many serial killers back then who were just now getting caught. Yeah, like, really. Was it just lawless? Was nineteen? Was the 1960s I don't even, and 70s just lawless? I don't like, know what the world was like. You get to do whatever you want. I guess so. I don't know how I feel about that, though. I like rules sometimes. I think I, I like order Woodstock. Yeah, that, that would have been, been fun. Cool. I feel like that would have been prime bell time. Yeah, just me you would have thrived. Yes, just me at Woodstock. No other time. I probably would get murdered though. <laughs> if I knew hitchhiking, if, if I knew I could go hitchhiking and like be oblivious to the fact that you could die, I probably would have like do it all the time. But yeah, that's. But we live in the world Strangers now. When, are scary. Yeah, they are. I don't like them. <laughs> So two of the men left the next morning on a plane to Miami, Florida with a 19-year-old woman while the driver stayed in New York. The jewels were unknowingly given to the young woman on the plane who sat a few seats oh away. <laughs> yeah, poor girl. They then sent her out of the apartment once they landed so they could investigate the, investigate the jewels. So they knew her, but they were like, take this bag. And they got onto the plane and they even made her sit in a different section of the plane. In case anybody found them. That's another thing that would never happen now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I know. They just walked right off the plane with these jewels. Like, Nothing yeah. happened. Oh, God. A different time, really. Staff of the museum quickly discovered the empty cases the next day. Yeah, no crap, because everything's missing. Yes. So, obviously, they're like, well, <laughs> I'm getting fired. This is bad. <laughs> the items were stolen. The items that were stolen included the Star of India Sapphire, the DeLong Star Ruby, and fistfuls of diamonds and emeralds. Fistfuls. Yeah. That's a beautiful explanation. <laughs> Thank fistfuls <you>. of diamonds. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it, but yeah, I did I did get that from somewhere. It was a, an interesting choice of words. Yeah. It was realized that the museum did not have effective security for the collection. Obviously. Yeah. Exactly. Not only did the alarms not work, but the only other real security was an older guard who was expected to patrol the whole museum. And I did read some, some, some sources said that he did, like, shine his light in, in there, but they were quiet enough and they knew when the rounds were and when the guards... Like switched I hope shifts. This poor little old man so. didn't lose his job. Yeah, me too. What do they expect from him? Yeah, well, honestly, what do they expect with one person guarding right? an entire museum? Because I mean, you've been to DC. Mm -hmm. You've been to those museums. Yes. I imagine that the New York Natural History Museum is about the same thing as the like, yeah. Smithsonian's and stuff. Even if it's smaller than that, those museums no. are huge. I looked up a picture of it even back then, and it looked. It looked big. Yeah. So, and one again, person. I read somewhere else that they had like a budget cut and, you know, they maybe they couldn't afford it, but this is. This is why you <laughs> shouldn't cut budgets to the arts. Yeah. Really? Yes. <laughs> Support the arts. Example. <laughs> so, not only was he the only one patrolling, but also the window was just left open. I think I mean I don't think it was left wide open. It was partially open, but nonetheless, what it was still open. What do they expect? I mean, they were halfway asking for it. Honestly, I think so. I agree. <laughs> like, 
I mean, really? I know. The museum valued the jewels that were taken at $410,000, which would be about $3.3 million today. The police... Yeah. Would love to have that money. Yeah. Police were tipped by a clerk at the hotel that the men had been staying at. They proceeded to discover incriminating evidence in the hotel room that included the floor plans of various museums, burglary tools, scales, and tennis shoes with glass embedded in them. Also, I seriously love how they just left all that stuff there. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. They're like, we're never getting caught. They're we'll like, just leave it, it all. If it was that easy to get in there, do you really think that they can find us? I mean, These people are pretty idiots. Much. Well... <laughs> Around the same time, the young woman who transported the jewels had contacted her roommate, sounding scared, and expressed that she was being held against her will. The roommate, man, (laughs) she didn't know. Snitches. The roommate contacted authorities. It was less than forty-eight hours after the crime was committed that the men were arrested. That's so disappointing. How disappointing. I know, but. I mean, in all honesty, if that lady wouldn't have snitched, they probably would have gotten away with it. Well, there was the, well, which one? Because there was the girl who had the jewels and then the clerk at the hotel who said, okay, but still, (laughs) these people, these guys, we'll get, we'll get into it, but they were, they weren't necessarily quiet about what they did. Yeah. Yeah. So... The person at the hotel was kind of like, hey, you know, these people just kind of left in a hurry and they've been partying and have all this money. And we've literally heard them talking about stealing. Yeah, I really, (laughs) I really think they they did. So um, the three men were Jack Murphy, Alan Kuhn and Roger Clark. It was not until the young woman, Janet (laughs) Florkowicz. Went back to New York that she was arrested when she was arrested and held as a material witness. Oh. Yes. Most of the jewels were recovered. The Star of India and others were found inside a bus station locker. The Eagle Diamond was unfortunately never recovered and is suspected to have been cut into smaller pieces and dispersed. Oh, how sad. Yeah. I just, I would just love to know who, who has them. Like, who has the little pieces. That is so much money. I'd say probably at this point it's like sand. Like it's just kind of not like actual sand. I mean like sand amongst other. Oh, diamonds amongst other diamonds. Like I'm sure that it kind of just has blended in with all the others. Yeah, I'm sure it has. But I just can't help but can you imagine getting into like... I was confused. Yeah, I could tell by the look on your face, and then also I wasn't really explaining myself. I was like, it's probably just saying. Yeah, I was like, I don't think people are just gonna like crush think, up their diamonds. Yeah, I don't saying, think so either. But... I don't think that's how diamonds work. Yeah. I just can't what kind of people buy diamonds like that off is it considered the black market? I mean probably. it's illegal activity. I think so. it's like elite it probably illegal trades at that point, so like black yeah. market. Yeah. I don't know what the black market looked like in the 60s. Me either. I assume it was more like market style, not like the dark web. Yeah, I'm assuming so. Anyway, I'd like to know who has them, as would a lot of other people, I'm yeah, assuming. probably. Lorkowicz <laughs> <laughs> testified in front of the grand jury. I really hope I'm saying her name correctly. It's... Anyway. 
Uh, Florkowicz <laughs> testified in front of the grand jury that she had seen the gems, but recanted only a day after. Her lawyer claimed that the police threatened that if she wouldn't talk and say that she saw the jewels, then she would go to jail. Oh. Which isn't necessarily surprising. Well, yeah. I mean, she's an accomplice to a crime. Right. So, even if she didn't see them, they were like... She still knew, in a vague sense, what she was doing. I'm honestly not sure she did. Oh. I, I genuinely think... She was only 19. Oh. Yeah. Were any of these men attractive? Yes. Well, there you go. <laughs> so. It all makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> she was deemed a flight risk and her bail was raised from $5,000 to $25,000. Oh, God. She was deemed a flight risk now? Yeah. Florka Wick's safety was also a concern because the men had tried to get in contact with her. She continued to be held as a material witness at a Manhattan hotel. She was released from protective custody in, Femu- in February 1965 and was not prosecuted. Well, so well, that's good. Yeah. Is she was she still a flight risk for like the rest of her life? Um No, not really. Well, I don't guess. That's good. We don't really know too much about her. We don't know much about Janet. Nope. Well, not really. So, a little bit of backstory on how she kind of got involved with them. Mm-hmm. She was a secretary for a Wall Street insurance firm and had recently moved to the apartments in the Cambridge House Hotel where the men had been staying at mm-hmm. when she met them. She had been romantically involved <laughs> with Kuhn and even went on well, multiple dates with him to the Museum of Natural History. She was unaware that he was scoping out the museum <laughs> for the future heist. Oh my gosh. That's a date. I hey, you want to go, go to the Natural History Museum? Oh, yes. I love museums. Okay, cool. Stand here. I'm going to go get a map. Yeah. And then we're going to walk around this one floor <laughs> countless times. Yeah, I'm just going to scope out, watch just the guards, see, see when they, uh, you know, switch shifts and stuff. Nothing sketchy. Yeah. Totally, totally. I'd be normal. upset, though. I mean, Taking me on a date and then it not really being a date. Yeah. One of, I'd be a little offended. One of my favorite dates that Dustin and I have ever went on was to the... Pittsburgh Natural History Museum. Oh yeah, and it was freaking awesome. Yeah, but that I was a good date. Much more than he probably well, did. Yeah, you know. But you know, maybe I, maybe I was scoping on something. Just kidding. I if I was Dustin, I'd be offended. I'm not sneaky enough to do that. If I was those people, the second the guy would have shined light on there, I would have just started laughing because <laughs> I nervous <laughs> laugh like you wouldn't believe. It would have been yeah. game over. I would have been like, <laughs> that would have been horrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, real. that would have been that so horrible. That old man would have found me in an instant. Ugh. I wonder. Poor I Janet, know. though. So I many... mean, I would be upset if I just if I knew. Well, it depends on how attractive he was. Honestly, I'm just gonna be honest here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. I mean. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll, again, we'll touch on that later. Okay. The male suspects in the case were young, tan, good-looking men in their 20s. Guys, I mean, all of this is really making sense. <laughs> I know. It really does. It, it, yeah, it makes sense. Murphy and Kuhn were beach boys from Miami. Well, it's just <laughs> furthering... <laughs> Why Janet was like caught up in this? All. I know she was only nineteen. We can't blame Janet. Okay, no, I'm happy that she got off because she doesn't deserve this. She was just caught up in a whirlwind with a hot yeah. beach boy. Could you imagine? That would be so crazy. Like I wouldn't. 
Obviously, First off, she George Clooney and Brad Pitt star in Ocean's Eleven, and if you don't think that that's what I'm imagining right now, you're wrong. <laughs> because have you seen Brad Pitt? Have you seen yeah. George Clooney? Also, thieves. at first, I was like, like when I when I was first doing this, I was like, I mean, is she really? If okay, if this guy just hands you a bag, like a duffel bag, which yeah. I don't know how big the bag was, but just hands it to you and is like, hey, take this on the plane and keep it for me. I feel like I would be a little suspicious and ask questions. But then the further I got into this research, I was like, no, probably not. I'd probably I, just take the bag. Yeah. I mean, I think I would just take the bag too because we we are, you know, like predisposed to to how crappy people yes, are now. That is and true. How suspicious people can be. Mm-hmm. Back then, if a hot guy was like who you went on a couple dates with to a museum who was again attractive. Tan. was like, hey, can you hold this bag for me? Yeah. Because I have, I mean, he could have lied. He could have been like, I have a lot of luggage. Mm-hmm. My carry-on spot's already yeah. taken. That's can true. you make this your carry-on? That's true. I would be like, yeah, totally. Yeah. Go make out later. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Meet me in the airport. I mean, meet me in the airplane bathroom. Like, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I do understand. I do understand. It makes sense. In fact, when it comes to Murphy being a beach boy, he is also known as Murph the Surf. That's an embarrassing nickname. He seems to be pretty proud of it. (laughs) He may be considered the best surfer on the East. He may have been considered the best surfer on the East Coast at the time. Like people still. What? Pretty well. Yeah, I know. What? What a background. Isn't that crazy? Why is this not a movie? Uh, actually, oh, it is. <laughs> oh. It's called Murph the Surf. Stop! <laughs> yeah. I really hate the name, but, you know, it is what it is. I, we need to watch it. I feel we like really there could be it. better names that you could have. I mean, right now, I could tell you right now. Uh, Beach Boy Robbers. Great name. <laughs> um, Let's see. Heist with the Hotties. Great name. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the one. With I go the with hotties. that one. Yes. <laughs> oh god. Now we have to make a movie. Yeah. About this. That's it. About this heist. Starring. Mm, oh, wow. Now I'm trying to think of actors because George. Let's be honest, guys. George Clooney, Brad Pitt. They're kind of old now. <laughs> so we'd have to recast. Yeah. I'm having to recast my mind right now. Continue on. Okay. At the end we'll of the you episode, think about it. I will I will pick out who I want to be the star of Heist with the Hotties. Okay. Take your time. So he made uh Murphy here made his extra money by climbing in and out of windows with precious jewelry and artwork. He also broke into waterfront mansions with his crew, sometimes escaping by boat. They would escape by boat. Isn't this uh, I this mean, no wonder there's a movie about him. Vaguely reminds me of um, what is that new show on Outer Banks? Oh <gasps> yes, mm-hmm. kind of yes. reminds me of that. I hadn't thought about it, but yeah, I do see similarities there. So when he would do, mm, I'm gonna call them missions because why not? When he would do missions like this, one night he could make as much as fifteen thousand dollars. So no wonder if he's gonna if. Honestly. If he's going to get away with it. Yeah, for real. And he's surfing. I mean, surfing during the day. 
Robin during what the night. What a life! Yeah, they what need to life. remake this movie. I agree. I assume that Murph the Surf, the old movie, is probably not great. Yeah, we need to watch it. Yes. Maybe we'll do a future maybe, clip uh, of maybe our review. This week, me and you can watch it and uh, live stream. Yes, on Instagram. Let's do it. <laughs> So, Murphy and Kuhn became acquainted through this lifestyle of stealing and uh, recruited Clark for the museum heist. Surfing and stealing. Yep. The, the double was, S's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they drove up the Upper West Side from Miami in a white convertible Cadillac and stayed in the Cambridge House Hotel, partying, drinking, and sightseeing during the days leading up to the heist. So, again, they weren't... It's not like they were camping out quietly so yeah. they would be off the radar they were just living really living it up best lives. they were truly well. yeah <laughs> after their arrest the men were released on bail and took advantage of the press they became folk <laughs> heroes with murphy acting more like a celebrity than defendant that literally does not surprise me at all Deeming what I have just vibed off these guys. This is I not know. a shock. This is not a shock. <laughs> so Murphy smoked cigars, wore sunglasses, and referred to the police as bunglers. I wasn't sure what that meant at bunglers? first. Amateurs. Oh, I love it. I, I love it. Man, these old cops just really don't even know what they're doing. <laughs> He even complained about how the legal proceedings kept him from his plans of surfing in Hawaii. How uh, inconsiderate, don't you think? I mean, the rudeness of these bungalows. I know, man. right? It was not long after their arrest and before trial that Murphy and Kuhn were arrested again in Florida in January of 1965 for burglary. Around this time, <sighs> they were also identified as as the suspects in a burglary involving actress Eva Gaber. They had pistol whipped her and stole oh her diamond God. ring. <laughs> yeah. This is taking a turn. <laughs> Actually, you know, it it gets worse. I'm not gonna lie. No. Yeah, it does. I was I really loved them. And then I they know. had to go. Oh, dang it. I know, right? The charges were dropped, however, because Gaber was busy filming for Green Acres and did not show up for <gasps> trial. Oh my god, I have so many like nostalgic childhood memories from that TV show. Yeah, I bet you didn't even know this happened. I did it! I loved that show. Yeah. Loved it. Well, I didn't love it. I was forced to watch it and grew to... It was like Stockholm yeah. Syndrome. I eventually loved <laughs> it. <laughs> so in April of 1965... Murphy, Kuhn, and Clark pled guilty for burglary and grand larceny. They were each sentenced to three years. In jail? Yeah. Oh, God. Three years. Which really isn't even that much, I don't no, think. No. To break into to a New York museum? Like, that's a... <sighs> yeah. It's not like it was just some little small town yeah, museum. Yeah, it wasn't like the it was like even with these other houses that he robbed in Miami. Like this isn't like some off the shoulder like yeah. whatever thing. This was this it was a, a heist. It was a heist. Yeah. <laughs> if heist is in the name of what you've done, yeah, if it goes from robbery. To heist. Yes, that's a, a good indicator that they probably should have gotten a little more than three years. Yeah. That's just me. So the criminals took very different paths after they were released. 
It was not long before Murphy continued in his life of crime. In 1967, he and another man, Thomas Griffith, made an arrangement with two women who had stolen almost $500,000 in securities from a brokerage firm that they worked for in California. The two men took Terry Ray Frank and Annalie Moan on a boat to talk about how they would split the money. Wait, so they teamed up with like... Yes. The Thelma Two, Louise kind of style. Yeah. Ladies here. Okay. And uh, some people said that the women had the money and then they got in, like, got in on it later on. Mm-hmm. But other people said that they were all involved with it to begin with, which is pretty likely. Yeah. The women, the women were bludgeoned, stabbed, and shot to death on the boat. No! Yes! I... I know. I was Why so upset. This I was like, I know. A dark, dark turn. I was like, you know, stealing jewels, okay. Killing people, not okay. Yeah, I'm okay with, you know, I, I'm okay with the stealing. It's not great. Yeah. When you start bludgeoning people. I know. That's a, that's a line. I know. Their bodies were then dumped into a swampy waterway near Hollywood, Florida called Whiskey Creek. Murphy then attempted to rob a woman in Miami Beach in January 1968 because okay. they weren't they weren't arrested just yet Whoa. for the murders of these two women. So then he went on to rob another woman. What I'm thinking is that old Murph the Surf is a he went from being like an adrenaline junkie because mm-hmm. with the surfing and yeah. the small robbery mm-hmm. jobs, yes, to like being quite possibly. A sociopath. Yeah. Um, one of one thing that I did read, I'm not sure. I wish I could remember. I should have written it down. Um, one of them did say that it wasn't even about the money, it was all about the adrenaline. Yeah, I'm he probably should have went into like skydiving or would have saved him a lot of water time skiing if he wanted to prison? stick with water rock climbing. Yeah. That's a great these are all better options than than bludgeoning stealing. women and throwing them into whiskey river. Yes, definitely. Good lord. So when he attempted to rob this woman in Miami Beach, he even threatened to pour boiling water over the woman's eight-year-old niece. Oh, oh god! I know. It just really went downhill. I'm devastated. There was a shootout when the police arrived, and Murphy received cuts on his face after trying to get away by diving through a glass door. That's what he gets. He's probably ugly now. I mean, now. On the outside. Pretty (laughs) sure he was always ugly on the outside. (laughs) We just didn't know it. Yeah. Well. (sighs) Okay, listen. The thieving. You know, people. We're going to. It happens. It gets better, okay? It gets better. Uh, it does. Okay. It does. Okay. He, he was taken to jail and went on trial for the murder of Frank. Both men accused the other, and both were convicted in 1969. Murphy received a life term, and Griffith was sentenced to 45 years. I don't really see how that's very fair. Unless there was evidence that was like, yeah, you know, Murphy was the one who actually like planned these. it, plotted yeah. it, everything like that. Okay. Yeah. So, the death of uh, the other lady, Moan, was never prosecuted. Which... If they were both on the boat. Yes! As far as I know, the exact same thing happened to these two women. Like, the exact same thing. And only... They only prosecuted 
the two men for one of the murders. That's weird. I know. A year later, uh, Murphy was given another life sentence for the robbery attempt. Mm. He expressed that while in prison, he ran a drug and gambling ring. Which is not very surprising. No, it's not. This man is an adrenaline junkie. Yeah. He's probably like the freaking king of that prison at this point. I would say so. Prison guards did urge him to make something of himself, and he began to lead Bible discussions and mediated disputes between inmates and guards. That is bizarre. I know. He was released in 1986 after serving 17 years. Are you serious? Yeah. No. No, but you gotta listen. He did a few interviews throughout his life. In one, he talked about his interesting outfit choice on the night of of the museum heist. I love this. Murphy was notably wearing a green velour jacket, a turtleneck sweater, and corduroy pants with tennis shoes, and a gun in his pocket. When he spoke about this in 2019, he said, quote, You gotta have a little flair. If you get arrested and end up on the news, you don't want to look like a schlub. Ugh. End quote. Murph. <laughs> I know. Man, yeah, I know. if you want to bludgeon those women... You would have and had, threatened to I pour boiling water on the your girl. Number one fan. I would have made t-shirts. <laughs> I know. But you know. But you know, this is a good this is like a good redemptive story. Yeah, because mm. after his release He's still a murderer. Yeah, but after his release, he went on to launch his own prisoner outreach program and visited more than two thousand prisons talking about Christianity and forgiveness and all this stuff and he didn't he didn't commit any other crimes as far as we know. That's good. Yeah, it is. See, it was a bit of a roller coaster, but yeah. We made it to this point. Unfortunately, I'm very sad. Murphy did pass away on September twelfth of twenty twenty. Oh this year. This year. Yes. That is so sad. Right, I hate Murph. that. So, we talked about Murphy going to Kuhn. His release, after his release, he was convicted of conspiracy to receive and transport stolen securities and served one year in prison in 1968. Mm, that's not bad. Yeah, I know. He remained a law-abiding citizen after this and lived in California until his death in 2017. Wow. Well, so, he did. He was he did, just yeah. pretty normal. Yeah, I know. <laughs> After Clark's release, he moved straight to New England and lived a quiet life until his death in 2007. Mm. New England. Yeah. The land of we me. We love it. <laughs> Even though I've never been there, my heart longs One day. to be there. <laughs> One day. Florkowicz also lived a crime-free and quiet life. Well, gosh. Uh, yeah. Her family has said that she has lived a happy life, although the situation still haunts her. Uh, naturally. Yeah, I know. They said that the men used her and previously said, quote, I would love to find her and apologize and do anything I can to make this right. She was an innocent bystander. That's so quote. sweet. I think he's I my favorite. I know. That was, ugh. That's so sad. That was a roller coaster, man. I know. So the whereabouts of Janet are currently unknown. She good for her. I know she really. Man, you go off the grid because you don't again, need that light. You don't need the life and the limelight. <laughs> Your life was hard enough. Seriously, because still in the beginning, I was like, you know, could she have? But then I was like, 
Now, no, she really had no idea. She just was with an attractive man who, who was a thief. Her? Who can blame her? Yeah. Everybody loves the bad boy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Castillo, I'm not even sure she knew. Poor thing. Did you imagine if if she would have been searched for whatever reason, they would have found the oh jewels God. on her? That would be all. I mean, she... See, I mean, I guess she could have turned the guys in, but they could have denied it unless yeah. she had actual proof of any of it. Yeah, exactly. So, which the evidence was in their hotel, hotel room. room. But still, that's probably why she's so quiet and probably doesn't even really like to talk about it. Yeah, because I wouldn't want to either. Imagine the scenarios that could have happened. Yeah, she's probably on some anxiety medication, yeah. honestly, because that would be stressful. To almost be like jail, God, prison. Yeah. Oh my lord, I can't. And still, she, fear. She even was kept. Yeah. You know, as a material witness. Yeah. Which she didn't even do anything. That would, she, I mean, she really did not even do oh anything. My God. Okay, so heist with the hotties, Dreamcast <laughs> in the works. Let Let me think. Okay. So, for the role of Murph the Surf, mm -hmm. the vibe I'm getting here is, this is hard, because it's I very mean, yeah. you love him in the beginning, mm -hmm. you hate him towards the end, then he has this arc yes. of being redeemed. Mm -hmm. You know who I think could play that great? Chris Hemsworth. Oh, okay. He surfs. Yeah. He's from Australia, mm -hmm. which he can do a good American accent. Yeah. I watched him in that one soldier movie. Can't think of the name of it. It's okay. The role for Clark. Yes. That's the getaway driver. Name. The getaway driver. Mm -hmm. Okay. Did he surf? I can't remember. No, it didn't say anything about him he surfing. He's just a normal guy. Yeah, pretty much. Cool. Chris Evans. <laughs> <laughs> Big surprise here. <laughs> why? Because. We love Chris Evans. That's why. Yeah. We're big Chris Evans stands on the half-watch of Monsters and Mysteries. <laughs> and for the guy whose last name I know I'll get wrong. Yeah. It's it's K-U-H-N. K-U-H-Q-N. Yeah. I looked it up. Did Kuhn surf? Yes, he did. Hmm. Let's think. Another surfer. And he robbed houses too, right? Yes. With Murph? Yes. In Miami? Mm-hmm. God, I don't know. You pick this one. Oh, no, you I can't. Kuhn. No. We have, we have Chris Hemsworth oh, boy. as Murph the surf, the star of the show. Right. Clark is our getaway driver who's played by Ugh. Chris Evans. I'm the Who is worst. Cute. I'm the worst at this. Ugh. <laughs> this is too much pressure. Oh, come on. Okay. The only person that comes to mind who I can think as a surfer, okay? Aw. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm so sorry, listeners. <laughs> Harry Styles. Yes! <laughs> I support it. He, he can have the long hair. younger than the other ones. Oh, that's true. But yeah. no. I, They're in their yeah. 20s. Yeah. They're in their 20s. Well, see, then I, I miscast all of them anyways. So. I'm here for it. okay. I think that is a dream cast. I agree. 
Now, if there's any, if there are any directors, producers, hit us yeah. up. Screenwriters. <laughs> yes. We already have your cast picked out for you. Yep. Got your story and everything. We're well, ready. I mean, honestly, for our first jewel heist that we've talked about, this was a good one. I know. I loved this. This was a good one. I'm we happy. really have to watch the movie. Yes. We, this week. Yes. Let's watch the movie we will. this week. And we can, uh, li- like, live Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> so keep an eye on our Instagram. That is at pod. Watch. Travel along with us as we watch Murph the Surf, the tales of the hotties. Well, guys, thanks for listening. If you're still listening at this point, you yeah, we've kind of rambled for a while. We love you. We do. Happy New Year! Yeah, Happy New Year. That was another episode of Appalachian Monsters and Mysteries. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at ammpod. And like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash AppalachianMM. You can also email us at AppalachianMM at gmail.com. Thanks for exploring the weird and wild and spooky parts of Appalachia with us.